Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Pillar today. Lots to get to. We're moving into the top 15. We're at number 14 on the Send Central draft rankings. We're moving up the Send Central citizen. Up till Wednesday, it was a great conversation I had with Andrew Fleming and most importantly, Bobby Ryan, the Sens nominee for the Bill Masterton Award. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, June 10th, and Brandon. How well-earned of an award nominee can you get? I feel like the Sens have had a few recently. Craig Anderson was their nominee a couple of years ago. He won it. Well, he, yeah, he won it. And perfect place to start. Do you think Bobby Ryan has a realistic chance to bring this home? As I'll set it up a little bit. The Bill Masterton, it's unlike any other award the NHL does. Every team has a nominee. It's um, We should actually probably get the full definition up. But basically, I've got it here. There you go. It's a feel-good story, right? Yeah, so the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy is an annual award under the trusteeship of the Professional Hockey Writers Association and is given to the National Hockey League player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And, I mean, when you're looking at uh, giving out awards, you need to look at the definition of the award before you start uh, getting all crazy over who should win it. And We're by starting def- a podcast talking about it. <laughs> That's why I'm here, Ross. you got to have your co-host uh, lend you a hand every once in a while. Um, if you're asking me, does Bobby Ryan exemplify the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey? Check, check, and check. I mean... This is a guy, and we've talked about it multiple times on the pod, um, he was really in a tough position. Being the highest paid player on a rebuilding team uh, and not performing like well enough for your coach to feel like you're a good spot in that roster must be a really, really humbling experience. And that's where I would say the perseverance starts for Bobby Ryan because you have to realize that this is the situation you're in and then mix that with uh, struggling with alcohol addiction as well. And the lifestyle of a professional hockey player, if you have a struggle with alcohol addiction, it can be very, very difficult, especially with kind of the, the culture of professional hockey players, right? So add that on top of it. And then we come to the sportsmanship part of it. He did this all with so much grace. I mean, It would be really, really hard. Imagine going through something like this as just a normal person where maybe only your close friends or family know that you're struggling with alcohol addiction. Now imagine being in the public eye and having writers, reporters, people on Twitter, everybody talking about it, people writing articles, people speculating. Like that's just enough to make your head spin. So to go through that with grace and be professional about it is really hard. And now let's get to the third part, dedication to hockey. Bobby Ryan thought when he left to leave for the player's assistant program that the last game he played before entering that program was probably going to be his last. He really did think that. And to go from thinking that that was your last NHL game to recovering, uh, trying to stay sober, and 
then getting back into shape to play in the National Hockey League, that's as dedicated as it gets. And he, in his mind, he thought it was going to be a 30-day program, you know, one month to get clean, get trained, and you're back in it. That's not how this works. And for, for a proper reason, it takes a lot more steps to uh, to get where you need to be to get back into the NHL. So if we're going off the, the definition of the Bill Masterton Award, I think Bobby Ryan is one of the top candidates, if not the top candidate. And Brandon, you outlined it great, and that was only from this year. If you go back, now public, but the secret life of Bobby Ryan, the Sportsnet feature that came out years ago about how he did not have a normal childhood, and I'd encourage everyone to go dig that up. It's not hard to find, and you double that down, so he was obviously really close with his mother as well, and then she passed away in 2016 right as Bobby Ryan was becoming a father. So that transitional period couldn't have been easy, and now as he's still a, a young father at home, right? He has, a, I think, under five-year-old kid. Um, the timeline there would cross if that's the case. And he has a couple um, of actually. So yeah. Uh, well, and he shared he shared that he uh, recently had a vasectomy. That was on the uh, the conference call as well. Um, so there won't be any more little Bobby Ryan's running around. But um, no, and just the way he came back. You mentioned all the grace and put it on top performance coming back and in his first home game after being away from the team for over two months, he goes out and gets a hat trick. Against a really good Vancouver team, too. 104 days since he had last played in Ottawa. And then he comes back and, uh, as uh, you would say with Chris Phillips, a flair for the dramatic is definitely a good term for that. Because not only a hat-trick, Ross, people forget he got in a fight that game, too. So Bobby Ryan showing that he is a hockey player and ready to play when he got back. And it was a great fight. It was Chris Tanev, right, in the, in the corner after he threw a big hit. He was trying to get himself physically engaged. I think maybe people forget with the fact that he's overpaid. How many, like, Bobby used to be an unbelievable player in Anaheim. Four-time 30-goal score. Uh, U.S. Olympian. I think he was in the top six in Vancouver on the that team. Well, I, I don't think he played for Brian Burke after that, the whole intensity thing. But, like, Bobby's had a career. And for this to happen at this part of I guess what I'm trying to say is this didn't happen early on when he's young and, and running around. This had to be something that's been boiling for a long time. And for him to finally realize at age 32, hey, I got to do something about this now. And you mentioned him saying that he may have played his last NHL game. And it's just such an unbelievable story. So congratulations to Bobby Ryan. We'll be tracking that. And I saw that you tweeted out. We retweeted it at Send Central. All of his points from the 2017 playoff run just awesome nostalgia speaking of nostalgia too you saw yesterday we tweeted out a great photo of one of bobby ryan's it was right after his game one goal against pittsburgh in overtime where he went outside in on olimata backhand shelf on flurry we're gonna do that every day at send central because now we can do scheduled tweets so if i see a photo that i like completely out of context maybe i'll put some context just Bobby was being like, spoken you're not about a context yesterday. Guy, Ross. If no, there's anything I'm, I know about you, it's no context. No, definitely, but just the photo, no caption. I mean, if there's a conversation being had about a certain player, like Daniel Alfredson's appearing on TSN 1200 uh, about an hour after we record this, so maybe I'll just find an old Alfie picture. I've got one where he has the muzzy. Um, I'm just gonna find one, and just post it out of context. So follow us at Send Central Love for. It. A little nostalgic surprise every once in a while. We're also doing our countdown to the draft lottery. And we've added into that starting today where all of our results 
since March 11th are going to be published underneath it. So we'll keep track, and that'll be a fun little thing to go back to once Ottawa gets the first and second overall picks in the draft. Um, before we get to some other segments, I think now's a good time to throw in our Send Central citizens. So we had Andrew Fleming on, an Ottawa boy, lives in Toronto. We got to know each other a little working at the restaurant uh, that we do down here, Amsterdam Brew House. But um, we had a good conversation because he's also a nostalgic guy, and he wants to bring back the 90s jerseys. So without further ado, here is our second edition of Sense Central Citizens, my conversation with Andrew Fleming. But before we get to that, we got to tell you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business. They serve auto parts to customers online, and they've been doing it for 20 years. All you have to do is go to RockAuto.com, and you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine oil modules and brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and it's delivered right to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer best of all Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just put locked on in there. How did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. It's too bad this is not a video podcast. He's just decked out in 90s Sens gear. Andy, we got to start with asking, well, one, thanks for joining us. And two, how did you initially become an Ottawa Senators fan? Ross, thanks so much for having me on this show, man. It's literally like, it's an honor. I've been a huge Sens fan for uh, the majority of my life. And uh, I grew up in Ottawa. I live in Toronto now. So it's really important that uh, the- We call uh, it the heart of enemy territory here. Exactly. It's, I lived- every single day looking over my shoulder because I remember there was a time when I got like called out on like by cars driving by when I was wearing a Sens jersey uh, in Toronto like 10 years ago and it's gotten a little bit better but we still need to unite in enemy territory you know what I'm saying so it was just a natural progression growing up in Ottawa you started getting into the Senators and you're like me you're of the age where we didn't have that option before uh, when the Sens came in 92, you know, people were maybe 10, 15 years older than us in our late 20s, early 30s. They had to make the, the move, whether they're going to still be a Nordiques, a Habs, or, or a Leafs fan, and transfer. So you never really had that. No, it, it was a no-brainer to me. Like, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So I became a Sens fan probably sometime shortly after they just returned to Ottawa, because I remember going to a, a couple games when they played at the Civic Center. And then... I remember vividly going to the opening of the Palladium. I think that was in 1995. Then we had, um, my parents got me and my sister a couple of those uh, away uh, black jerseys from 95. So that was sort of the start of me becoming a Sens fan. And then it really picked up, I guess, in the early 2000s when we had a uh, you know, success with Alfred Sin and that dream team with Chara and all those guys. So I spent my life growing up hating the Leafs. So when I moved here, it was a no-brainer that I was going to uh, remain a Sens fan. And we need more of us. There's not enough. From 92 even, from when they came in, those white jerseys, 
lasted until, well, after they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and then uh, decided to rebrand mysteriously um, right mm-hmm. after having the most success they had in a single season. So I thought that was strange and mentioned that the jerseys are kind of what you are sold on like, to further the rebuild. We need to get these back. Are you convinced it has to go back to what they were before? Or would you be happy if it was something like a meet in the middle where it's a new design altogether? No, I, I'm of the opinion that I think that we should go back to uh, the original crest from the 90s. You know, it's, it's no secret that it's, it's tough being a Sens fan right now. Uh, it just, every day, it just seems to be getting worse. You see something in the news that there's a lot of problems with ownership and whatnot. We can't do much about that right now. But what we could do is since we are in the, still the early stages of this rebuild, I think it's a great time to kind of hit reset, redesign the jerseys, you know, bring back the original 2D sideways facing crest. And the reason why is because I really think Sens fans need a little bit of nostalgia right now. It's tough. You know, yeah, there was a lot of success in those jerseys. And I see you're wearing the one from between 92 and 95. And the, the slight difference is the original one says Ottawa Senators in the crest. And then they moved to it. It's a little bit smaller of a Centurion as well. Still mm-hmm. the same but they put laurels there instead of actually writing Ottawa Senators. Are you of the mind? We got to go right back to day one with the Ottawa Senators written in there as well. I, I think so. I, I, I agree. really, this was the uh, design. This is the same Jersey that I originally had. I just picked it up in white. And uh, yeah, I, I, what I love about this design is that it's just, it's simple. It's classic. It's just, it's really, really sharp. And the gold pops. Yeah. And you mentioned something just a few minutes ago about, the the kind of the redesign right after the Stanley Cup run in 2007 but I think we got to go back 10 years before that which I'm still scratching my head about is why we ended up bringing in that new um forward facing centurion the Senegal yeah why did they do that it didn't make any sense to me because it originally became the uh, alternate jersey around that time and then over the years they kind of slowly ended up shifting that jersey to being their away jersey while keeping the white sideways facing uh, emblem their home jersey so they were literally having two different crests home of their team or home crests yeah for about 10 years and it and it just didn't make sense to me because that is strange there was no uniformity in it and i think somewhere there we kind of lost our way and then the team it's been losing it. I, I didn't think it really ever had a strong identity because we kept changing the design and couldn't end up settling on something that was good because, you know, you had that. I actually, I read this on the internet. I don't know if this is true, but I had read that um, back in 1997, it was uh, the owner, Rod Bryden's daughter, who was uh, fooling around on MS Paint from Windows 95. And then that's how came up with this new design, um, the red alternate. The one with the red, the red jersey with the black and white kind of whoosh that goes behind it. Yeah, yeah. It didn't make sense to me because, yeah, it just, like, why? Why why are we doing that? Why do we... We had a great look with a white and a black, same, same jersey, and then they they switched it. And what's weird about it is that the face that they designed, it's it's too lifelike. Like, they, they designed it to be kind of like a human. And it was, it was really strange. And, and like, it has like human looking eyes and everything. And I was never a fan of, of that uh, Jersey. It's, 
weird that it's associated with some of some of the most um, successful times of the organization. I prefer the the black one with that Senegoth logo rather than the red one though with the gold trim. I think that's <laughs> I think that's like the worst jersey in Senators history. You, you think it is? I was actually my next question was going to be what's the worst jersey in Sens history? You go it's, with that one. For me, it's the black one that says Sens. Up yeah, that that one's pretty bad too. Yeah, there was that awkward year I think somewhere in the early two thousands where they had the white jersey as the home. Uh, home jersey and then they had the red as the away and then the black one with the gold arrows as the alt and it was just like whoa there's it's too confusing there's no uniformity here in all three jerseys they're three completely separate designs it didn't make any sense now they kind of got on track with that rebranding in uh uh after the cup run in 07 and they redesigned the uh the logo to be more i don't know they, they tidied it up they made it sharper and they made it less human-like which i appreciated and and that has stuck with us over the years and i associate that jersey mostly kind of with the carlson era that we've just had so my argument for changing everything right now is because that that is not that team doesn't exist anymore you know everyone from that cup run in uh 2017 is pretty much gone we got two left two guys left bobby ryan and and bore only played two games during the cup he, he got injured early on so, I mean, so my point is, is that that era is done. Yep. And I think we've got this great future coming up with us with these, with these great new guys, lots of draft picks. Well, what about, a, what about kind of the exclamation mark of announcing a top five pick wearing the new jersey? Like talk, oh about, my God. talk about turning over a new leaf. Dude, that, that's what we need. It, I mean, recently in the news, it, more drama with the Sens uh, organization parting ways with the uh, Sens Foundation. And you're, they're just losing fans. And we need to do more to kind of repair this relationship with organization and the fans. And I think a statement like that would be uh, pretty like, you know, speaking pretty loudly and uh, get people really excited. Because when I see this jersey that I'm wearing right now, it just conjures up all these great memories and tons of nostalgia for me. And uh I saw a modern take on these classic jerseys that were circulating on Twitter uh, over the last couple of years. And uh, I, I would love for it to get some traction again, because one thing that's uh, really interesting to me is that back in 2011, when they designed the, the new alt jersey, which became the heritage jersey, the black one, was designed by a fan who lived in Gatineau. And it was Le Collectif. Just a great example of getting the fans more involved. And with a, a small team like Ottawa, I think you really need to be getting the fans involved in a process like that. Really be listening to the fans because without their support, we're all screwed. Yeah, completely agree. And when this drops on Friday, we'll put out a poll on Twitter because this is going to be my final question to you. Ah, I know the answer too, but what would you feel if they decided to switch it and go with the O full time, either the red or the black, and then maybe even introduce a new white one, similar to what Belleville has, Mm. but with the O. I don't hate the O. I like the O. I think it's just a little bit, I think it's boring. I I think I also don't love the idea of just having a, an O like a circle. Like it's, you're, we're going to get, you know, the, the haters making fun of us for saying, Oh, you know, having a big zero on the front of our shirt is, is, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the city's name is Ottawa, though. I mean, it's an easy comeback to that. You just say, what's the city's name? Like, smart Exactly, guy. yeah. Boston I, has a B for the Red Sox and the Bruins. I wouldn't hate it. Um, I would prefer to go back to the uh, original the crest from the 90s and have the O be the alt. 
Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm with you, actually. I, I agree with, uh, with that sentiment. The, there's just something about the century and the gold on it. It just, it, there's like a, almost like a royal aspect to it. It just seems like it's a, a crest, not a logo, right? Like all the most iconic franchises have crests. Like think of like Manchester United, a lot of the, the big soccer clubs, the New York Yankees, like that's a crest. That's not mm-hmm. a logo. So yeah, there's definitely something to be had for more than nostalgia. Just like, it's like a, a very alpha logo. This one, the, the yeah. original you're talking. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why they ended up changing the 2011 Heritage jersey, which I think is probably one of the best jerseys in sense history. Because then they ended up coming out with that awesome uh, Heritage classic version of that. The cream one they wore in Vancouver. Exactly. That that one. I really like that one. And then they ended up, I guess when uh, Reap, uh, was it Adidas took over the the jerseys designs? Yeah, they redesigned it yet again and made a centennial classic jersey that made it red with the silver O, which is weird because silver has never been a color. It's a play on it's a play on because the game was to commemorate the first ever game and it was the Ottawa Silver Seven. So I think that's where they got the silver from. That, okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but I still don't like it as much as the twenty eleven uh, and twenty fourteen heritage jerseys. Um so I would love kind of something like that as the alt and then go back to the original white home or and black away with the sideways facing um centurion and i think that would be what we should have as our team jerseys going forward well i think you're preaching to the choir for most of sense twitter but what i'm curious is whether fans prefer the 2d or the o so i had to send central on twitter and vote for that andrew you're the second send central citizen your shirt might be in the mail it might not be but you're welcome back on anytime buddy thanks for joining us thanks for having me ross so, Pilsy, before we get into some draft stuff, I got to ask you the question that will be on the Send Central poll today. If they choose to change the jersey, which I believe everyone thinks, is it three? Sorry, is it Heritage? Is it 2D? Or is it something completely brand new? Well, I don't think I'm going to I'm going to quickly cross off something completely brand new. Um I haven't really seen any uh, good design concepts for the centers in a brand new way that work. I mean, we saw that one, and Ross, you famously hate this one. You uh, touted it as a ECHL logo. Uh, that one, it's it's like a weird version of the 2D version. I would definitely say that is out. Uh, don't like it, so that's gone. I I honestly. I'm go with the O. I love the heritage style jerseys. I think it would it kind of rings in a new era for the Senators. And then do the 2D as the alternate jersey, right? That black sends 2D as the alternate. I would say that's uh, that's the kind of lineup I'm looking for with this new rebuilding Senators team. But something's got to change. We got to get away from the 3D logo. I think those years are done, and uh, it's time for something fresh for this. Uh, journey to unparalleled success agreed looking forward to hearing what everyone else thinks about that my only gripe and i told andrew this i'll tell you as well pilsy if they do go back to the 2d we need to go all the way back to 92 to 95 when it actually says ottawa senators in the crest rather than just the laurels so that is huge and wouldn't it be nice if it was alexei lafreniere who was wearing these new jerseys he was named the the CHL. Forget the Quebec League. He already earned that. He was named the CHL Player of the Year for the second time. Only one other guy did that. Crosby? 
Sidney Crosby, 2003, 2004. Um, or sorry, 04, 05 during the, uh, the lockout as well. Sidney Crosby and Alexi Lafreniere, pretty decent company. And it's the reason we're spinning the wheel every single show. I mentioned we're adding it to the tweet every night at 7 o'clock. What's it going to be today? Pillar, go right ahead. All right, here we go. Oh, man. I, I got to stop spinning for us. This is bad. First overall, Buffalo. Second overall, Minnesota. Third overall, Anaheim. Fourth overall, Detroit. And coming oh in my. at five and six, the Senators and the Senators. So that is that is beyond disappointing. I mean, we, we talk about it every, every show. Having picks five and six is an uh, absolute dream. But for the scenario the Sens have here, that's disappointing. Very disappointing. Let's see if I can regroup. Oh, not really, but a bit better than yours. Detroit first, Winnipeg moves up 10 spots for the second, and L.A. drafts third, meaning Ottawa moves down two spots with each of their picks, picking fourth and fifth. Yeah, we'll do that again on Friday as we move to our Sens Central draft rankings. But before we get to that, you already know how much we love Bilt Bar. We tell you all the time, but just in case, we may as well remind you. There's eight flavors with chocolate and nut, but if you don't like nuts, that's no problem. You can just get the nut-free ones. There's eight different flavors, but the great news, and Pillar loves this, is that they're all 100% covered in chocolate. That means they're soft, they're easy to chew with that great chocolatey sweetness. That's why we call it the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first purchase. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in such a nice treat. I already mentioned it basically tastes like dessert. They're low in calories. <laughs> Most desserts aren't. Low in sugar. Not, never heard of a dessert that's low in sugar. High in protein. High in fiber. That's literally everything you want in a protein bar. And it's at your fim- fingertips. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code. We're giving you $10. Just take it right back. Buy a beer on us. Just put in the promo code Locked On, And it's BuiltBar.com. It's BuiltBar.com. Get the 16-pack. Try one of every flavors, and then you'll know exactly what to order next time. BuiltBar.com. Promo code locked on. And Pillar, today we are locked on to number 14 on our Send Central rankings. It's the newfie, Dawson Mercer. Yep, number 14, Dawson Mercer for us. And this is an interesting guy, Ross, because... A lot of scouts, they're touting him as a really well-rounded player, two-way player. But he, again, kind of like um, kind of like our last prospect, uh, Connor Zary, there, there's just not anything really one dynamic, explosive thing about his game. Like, there's nothing that pops out uh, at you, and you're like, "Wow, Dawson Mercer is the best at this." You know, he he does a really good job, uh, kind of all around the ice, and that's why a lot of uh, scouts are putting him so high because. They feel like with only a couple adjustments and a little bit of development, he can be an NHL-ready player. And the things that I noticed, first, quick release. This guy can get the puck off his stick real quick. Second is when he's on the on a breakaway, he does the Bobby Ryan move, that nice backhand move, which really fools goalies. And you can shelf it. It looks so smooth. So you got to love that. 
Um, and 60 points in 42 games this season, not too bad. Even after he slowed down after uh, being traded midway through the season. Um, so Dawson Mercer is a really interesting guy. Ross, what do you got on him? Well, so we've been talking so much of prospects whose range is 20 or 30 spots. Nobody really knows where they're going to go except for Dawson Mercer. Everyone has him between 10 and mostly 15, but uh, Scott Wheeler has him at 18. Everyone else, there's like a five-spot range, and I guess we're going to see that more and more as we inch closer to the very elite that we're going to get to. But the beauty of his game is, and we saw it at the World Juniors, where he was not expected to even make the team. He makes it in a bottom six role, and he can change his style from this offensive dynamo who scored 30 goals at the junior level as a 17 year or sorry, a 16 year old. Um, sorry, 17. I got that right the first time. And he is one of the older guys in the draft, which is kind of where I got confused there. He's an October 21st birthday. I believe it's October 13th, the cutoff. So definitely one of the oldest guys in the draft. And what I'm getting to is he just was able to change his game like that and play a well two way game. Um, so I think that any team that gets him, sure, you're getting high offensive skill, but he's a guy you can ease into your lineup. He doesn't have to play on those top two lines. And I think that that versatility is going to attract a lot of teams to him. And how about those hands? So silky. Yeah. The highlights I was watching, like he has no worries going right at defenders, even drawing two, two guys or even three towards him. And then just dances right through them. Like, you know, the terms that guy can stick handle in a phone booth. Well, I don't know how many phone booths are still around, but if Dawson Mercer finds a phone booth, he can definitely stick handle in there because the hands are just so smooth on this kid. And uh, Dawson Mercer just rolls off the tongue nicely. Good, solid name. You got to love that. Well, you got to love most newfies, right? Just such lovable people. He's from Bay Roberts, which is a. Uh... A town of 11,000 people, according to StatsCan, back in uh, 2016. So you know that he's probably got that East Coast charm to him. And he played in Quebec for his entirety of his uh, junior career. You mentioned the the trade. Maybe his production went down a little bit. And, yeah, you can nitpick at that. I wouldn't put as much stock as I think some may. But... What what do you think he would project as at the next level? Is skating a concern for you? He's definitely not a fast skater. You know, like I said earlier, he's not a guy where you can look at him and there's one dynamic thing. You're like, wow, Dawson Mercer excels at that. He He's an average skater, which, you know, isn't isn't the best as a young prospect uh, coming into the league. We know the, the league is moving towards speed and skill as opposed to size and power. So that's something he's going to have to work on. But, I mean, a lot of guys, they're, they're developing, they're skating, they're still developing. These are young kids, right? Like you said, a 17-year-old. So he's got time to work on that. And I think if he does work on that, this is a guy where – He's got a high ceiling is what a lot of scouts are projecting for him because if he just develops those few things like uh, his game away from the puck, his skating, stuff like that, he can be a really good, well-rounded player that can fit. uh, I don't think I see him playing a top six role, maybe a middle six, second line, third line kind of guy because he does kill penalties as well. So I think a team that is slotted anywhere in between 10 and 20 in the first round could definitely reach or get lucky and have this guy fall to them. Do you think he projects more as a center or right winger? 
I'm going winger all the way here, uh, kind of similar to what we talked about with Connor Zary. It just seems like he didn't have the skills uh, necessary uh, to be a center at the pro level. And I think with his playmaking ability, he could do really well on the wing and uh, feeding a centerman who's got an elite shot or has a little more uh, speed to set up the play nicely. Because, yeah, his passes are on point. Like, he's a great passer, great playmaker. So, definitely, Smart, I think... Too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Dawson Mercer, he's he's got the skills, and uh, he's a really, really interesting first-round draft pick. Skill and versatility, and according to the GM of Drummondville, where he spent most of his junior career, this is Philippe Boucher on Mercer, saying he has a lot of skill, understands the game very well, can play both center or wing, and a very well-rounded two-way player. So he can excite you in the offensive end, but you don't miss anything defensively. He can play on the PK, and... He's going to be a guy who coaches love. I would be shocked if he doesn't wear a letter during his NHL career. I'm going to go that far with Dawson Mercer. Yeah, he seems like a coach's dream, but not quite yet. I think he still needs a little development. I don't think this is a guy that's going to hop in the league quickly, but that that's fine, right? Like Take, take your time, work on those little skills, and get even more well-rounded game than scouts are already touting him to have. And if you've been paying attention we've said this probably for the last two weeks straight but could be a nice pick with the islanders first round pick as we continue to inch each episode closer to number one pilsey anything else before we go no i don't i don't have too much uh too much more i mean I want to give Bobby Ryan a little more love. Uh, I think he's a great nomination for the Bill Masterton Award. Uh, Ross, what uh, off the top of your head, what's your top Bobby Ryan moment? Well, moment isolated into one. I <laughs> you, you have to pick something from the 2017 playoff run. There were some exciting goals before then, though. I'll just yeah. highlight two before I give you my main. I'll give my two runner-ups and then the champion. Number sure. one is where he made Drew Doughty look so pedestrian. I think it was his first season in Ottawa. He was wearing number six. Jonathan Quick, a goalie he'd faced a lot in Anaheim, and splits the D right down Main Street, and then goes backhand, leans into the glass. Great celebration after um, on that one. And the other one was a game against Dallas, and I think there's a photo out. I was at this game, and I had, the, I had an awesome view of it, but he scores on a one-timer, and his stick snapped in half. Nice. And to celebrate, he puts both ends of the stick in the yeah, air. And he I was remember looking, that. Yeah, he's like, wow. That actually made me think of, do you remember when he was in Anaheim, he scored with a stick of another team player? Remember he, he broke his stick and he literally ripped it out of the guy's hand and jammed it in. For some reason, I want to say it was Gabrick, but that's probably wrong. That would be some third dimension world stuff. Uh, but uh, here, my number one, it, maybe it's cheap. But it's the pictures we posted last night. Yeah. Game one, you're in an overtime game, first game of the conference final, on the road, defensive zone face-off. You're always on edge in overtime, especially when you're up against Sidney Crosby and company. But he got the puck. I want to say it was his own side of the red line and with no speed. And you're like, oh, man, he, is this going to be a chip-and-change situation? No. Dips his shoulder. Cuts in. I explained the goal, I think, earlier in the show, but that was just such an awesome memory, such an awesome goal, um, and it culminated the entire playoffs. How about his two spinorama passes behind the net? I, I wanted to say that, too. Yeah, and both uh, to Pajot. Like, that's a set play. Like, that was not an accident. And he also had two, like, 
we we retweeted the the video I was watching with all these assists. I forgot how great he was uh, playmaking in that playoff run. He also did. Uh, he was the middle part of that tic tac toe play where MacArthur Stalbert. scored. Oh, and Stalbert. Those yeah, and both Stalbert. the same plays though. Exactly. Yeah, where he was behind the net and he quickly dishes it out front. Uh, so that was pretty incredible. One of my favorite uh, Bobby Ryan moments, this one's kind of a sneaky one. It's when uh, David Legwand got uh, signed to the Ottawa Senators. And this is when Bobby Ryan had Twitter. He retweeted uh, a video of him absolutely embarrassing Legwand. Yeah. Mind you, Legwand had no stick and isn't a defenseman. So, like, take take that, that for what yeah, take that for what it is. And Bobby Ryan was on the Ducks when this happened. But he goes inside and out twice on Legwand to get to the net and then scores. And he, uh, when Legwand signed at the Senators, uh, Bobby retweeted that video saying, well, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> I thought that was a nice little cheeky moment. And uh, back when Bobby was definitely... I miss uh, social media, Bobby. Yeah, exactly. Glowing with confidence. Uh, you, you definitely missed that side of him, but I thought well, that was a funny one. I wanted to how mention. about the moment that he got traded to Ottawa? He tweeted out, coming Ottawa, in hot. Coming in hot. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we can go on with Bobby Ryan forever. Oh, it's too bad that he's not on social media. He got me all bummed out now, but a very worthy candidate and hopeful winner of the Bill Masterton Award for Perseverance, Dedication, and Sportsmanship. To the game of hockey. Hopefully, we get some better sportsmanship from Parliament. The last-minute <laughs> bail. We'll uh, we'll get him on Friday, and we've got a special guest, hopefully, for you as well. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, where we've got your team every day. <laughs> <laughs>